0: You're listening to Behind the Wheel on RacingJunk.com. You've read the stories of the drivers and others involved in the sport that we all love. Now hear their stories firsthand via our all-new podcast to find out how their passion for motorsports has made life worth living. And as we start our latest edition of Behind the Wheel here on RacingJunk.com, we want to thank our recent guests, Martinsville Speedway PR Director Brooks Taylor and that young late-model racing phenom Ryan Rebco, who both took time out of their busy schedules recently To gear up all for one for the most exciting late model races of the 2017 race season, the Valley Star Credit Union 300. Now, congrats also goes out to the winner of that race, NASCAR veteran Timothy Peters. And Ellen, if I remember right, uh, didn't Ryan say he expected Timothy to win?
1: He actually said he did, and Ryan was doing really well in the race. And Ryan, you drove a heck of a race, so keep your head up. Poor Ryan. Uh, About halfway through the race, his brake. Just brakes just went out. Oh, no, yeah. He ended up in the garage, had no time to get caught up. Uh, was told by his race team that it was a five dollar part that
0: broke. Oh, no, Doesn't that, that just
1: crushes you, you know. And I talked to him after the race, and he was really down, so it took him a little time to couldn't nobody you know, go to the advanced auto and get uh, that for him. I mean, come on, definitely not enough time. By the time they did that, there's no way he would have been so many laps down. But yeah, Timothy Peters drove a heck of a race, right. Led a lot of the race. Um, got behind for a little bit, came back, won the race at the end. It was a really exciting race. They actually didn't start the race till almost 9 o'clock that night.
0: I believe because they had so many qualifying runs that beforehand, last right?
1: qualifying race, they couldn't even finish 12 laps of that last qualifying race. They had to end it on eight oh, wow. laps because it was just a crash fest.
0: I bet Brooks was just pulling his hair out. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. That, that's probably why because I was on the other side of the state. That, that you know that night right. and my friend Kathy Corelli was texting me because yeah. she knows I'm from South Boston. I was going to have family there, right. She's like, where are you at? Where are you at? You know obviously that's what she was talking about something was going on, wanted me to see it.
1: It was insane. And then you know, of course the race starts. Around 8.45. Doesn't end until mm, about
0: 12.45. Nice. <laughs> nice. I think Brooke said they'd be out of there by like midnight, right? Yeah. Or 10. Uh, no, he said 10, we, right?
1: We ended, no, he, th- he was hoping for 11, but we didn't finish till 12.30. <laughs> bad. After all the interviews and stuff, we pulled out about 12.45. So needless to say, it was a very late night, got home around 2.30, but it was definitely worth it. <laughs> and, uh you know, my hats go off to all those drivers that competed because we started with about 40, I think it was around 38, 40 cars. We ended with about six, I think it was about 13 on the lead lap. Wow. 16 okay. cars total in the end. Still, that's the rest a great of them race. Were just, I mean, just crushed. I mean, of course, you know, the first few laps were clean, mm-hmm. as usual. We got about a little over halfway through, and that's where everything, especially when they did the inversion, because Timothy Peters was was actually not leading the race at the halfway point was Peyton Sellers again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My hat goes out to Peyton because he got really close to winning this race again. Again, right. Yeah, runner up again. Again. Um, And was leading at the halfway point, won the $2,000 halfway point award, was doing really well, Got, Isn't that
0: the Susan Lucci curse?
1: Uh, basically. He, got, wasn't stuck, it like he always, got stuck in the like she inversion. always second
0: place for that award or whatever?
1: Yeah. Buffalo and, I mean,
0: Bill syndrome? I mean.
1: I mean, honestly, I really think he could have pulled off the win if it wasn't for the inversion. They invert the field, the top, well, they did the top eight this time. Right. Inverted the field halfway through. He got stuck back in eighth place. Raced all the way back up to top three. Mm-hmm. Looked like he was about to pass Timothy Peters. And he told me, I found out at the end, they said he was having engine trouble. Nobody really knew what was going on. They just said he was losing power. Thought it was the battery. He had come in one point near the end of the race already. Mm -hmm. They thought that his battery was failing. Went back out, seemed fine. Then he started losing power right near the end of the race. Found out later at the end of the race, he told me his alternator was dying.
0: I was going to say, was it his alternator? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Bless his heart, That's exactly what I kept screaming at my photographer.
0: Couldn't nobody take it to AutoZone?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just don't needs to sponsor this race and bring as many small parts out That's as right. possible. And
0: bring out an alternator charger, battery charger. Oh, good Lord. So, that thing saved my butt more run times up than again. Not.
1: But honestly, if they had one more lap, I think Peyton could have done it. Really? Yeah.
0: That oh, yeah. sets up for such good storylines yeah. for next year yeah. and for next year's race. And just I don't imagine know how, many more how times it's going to be.
1: I Peyton is going to be willing to run. Honestly, I mean, he was in a great mood after the race, thank God. Right. Because I was like, okay, you still owe me this interview. <laughs> after blowing me off in years past after getting crashed at right. the other race. And he was in a good mood. He knew that it was because of his alternator he didn't win that race. He was really happy with second. But at the same time, you know, how many more times is he going to take runner-up before he just says, I'm done?
0: I think he is going to be like the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> and that's just going to be his his cross to bear. Speaking of, I'm distracted. <gasps> I am so distracted His right just now. One today. Well, and I, I mean, granted, this is a this is not a visual medium, and I really wish you could see Ellen's fingers right now. She is wearing these New England Patriot Woo! fingernails, <laughs> like little Patriot Patriot logos on there. And I, I don't I don't know how many race fans are in Boston.
1: We're all out there, right?
0: I mean, <laughs> what on the east side of Hades? Well, what do you got? What is going on with this right here? I mean, seriously, I, 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 know, this I know this is a racing show. I know it's a racing show, but hang on. No, 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 no. no. I got to get on this for a minute. As as my uncle would would say, wouldn't it, Sam Hill? Did you put? <laughs> on your hands over here.
1: I have, For those who do not know, I am also a big football fan and yes, I am a proud New England Patriots fan. Uh-huh. And everybody hates me. <laughs> I'm from the South. Everybody hates that I'm a Patriots fan, but
0: <laughs> everybody every hates while, Patriots fans, period.
1: No, every once in a while, I run into a fellow fan. I now work with a fellow fan, so you know what? Oh well. And we're going to win tonight. We are back up against the, the Super Bowl team that we played in the Super Bowl and beat after getting beat by 38 at halftime
0: you know they did a survey of the teams that nfl fans despise the most
1: and we're number 1
0: we're number 1 with the <laughs> with the new england patriots guess which team was number 2
1: Chicago Bears. No, no I'm just of joking. course not. No, the Bears the Panthers.
0: <laughs> no, it was the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Oh, of course it was. I mean,
0: the Bears have sucked since 86 when they yeah. did the video. That's what the, the Super Bowl shuffle curse, and they haven't had a coach grow a mustache like Ditka, so they're not yeah. going to win. Yeah, so. I know.
1: It was shocking for them to win tonight. No, I figured it was probably Dallas. But you know what? The only reason we are the most hated team is because we win the most. So, well.
0: Is that what it is? That's what it is. And the fact that you're crooked and you deflate balls oh, and all okay, this other whatever. stuff. whatever. And Tom Brady. I'm going to take his wife. Oh, you got this. <laughs> Good luck, <laughs> Giselle, When you when you need a real man, call me. I don't wear UGG boots. <laughs> All right. Well, while the battle for one of the most prestigious late model racing crowns was much of our focus last month, October is a very special month, and on this edition of Behind the Wheel, we are focusing on an even tougher battle that many women and even some men are facing each and every day.
1: Yeah, according to recent statistics, it's shocking to me. More than two hundred thousand women, and even more than two thousand men, are going to be diagnosed with breast cancer this year alone. I've had uh, this disease affect me personally. Uh, I mean, I've not personally had breast cancer, but I now have. I'm on my second friend who is now fighting this disease, and you know, it's not something you expect to hear, especially for somebody who's in their thirties, mm-hmm. to to call me up one day and say, hey. I was just diagnosed with breast cancer.
0: You never know when it's going to hit. No, and you, you never don't. know who it's going to hit. No, you which have is no why idea. that er, earlier.org is one of the greatest organizations out there for earlier detection of breast cancer. That's what they work for. But if you can support any of those associations, Absolutely. obviously the Susan G. Komen. Awesome. Every county has a has a cancer foundation. Yes. So if you, you you wherever you're at, doesn't matter what county you're in, go find them, volunteer or help out. This affects everybody. I don't know Absolutely. anybody that hasn't been affected by it.
1: Absolutely. I've unfortunately lost a friend of this, but I've also got a friend who's fighting it now, and I know she's going to get through it, but that's why I wanted to make it our focus this month to really focus and celebrate those men and women who are fighting this disease and are going to beat this disease, and that's why I'm so excited about uh, this month's guest, Leah Dreamcatcher Martinez. Dreamcatcher! Yeah! Hey, she's the Dreamcatcher. She she beat this disease. She didn't let it stop her from her drag racing career and I'm really excited to hear.
0: So, what made you bring Leah to the show? I know we're going to have her on here in just a second.
1: Right. Absolutely. Well, I was really excited to hear about her drag racing career. I'm mm-hmm. a big drag racing fan for those who do not follow the site that often. Um, be sure to get on Racing Junk and read some of our NHRA coverage because I've been excited to cover that this year. And when I found out we got a lot
0: of golden nuggets in the area too that are Absolutely. drag racing superstars.
1: Absolutely. And unfortunately Leah is not from our area here in North Carolina, but hey, you know, racing junk is everywhere. Mm-hmm. And she is from New York and she is a mother of two. She's a breast cancer survivor. She's a winning drag racer. She's one of the few that can run a two-wheel bike the way that she does. And now she's doing that to support men and women who are fighting breast cancer. So that was a huge deal to me. And I was so excited to find out about her and bring her on as a guest.
0: Well, we are very honored to have Leah Dreamcatcher Martinez joining us here on Behind the Wheel. Leah, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? We're doing great. So tell us a little bit about uh, your history in drag racing. How did you get started? What made you do it? Take us from soup to nuts.
2: Sure. Well, I mean, I've always been into drag racing. Uh, my family's been into it. My dad used to race pro stock when I was a uh, real little girl. Uh, don't remember too much about it. I just remember that he raced, and my my family uh, grew up in like New Rochelle, New York, and they had a gas station, and mm-hmm. they were all into drag racing, so right. it was in the blood. And uh, my brother races, or n- not at the moment, but races a drag bike as well. My stepsister does, so it's been in the family. I uh, didn't have the opportunity when I was younger, and I lived in New York. Uh, it just wasn't the right time. When I moved down to Florida, 2004, I met my current husband in 2005, and he wanted to buy a motorcycle, and I had always wanted to learn, so uh, I actually learned on a bike that was the biggest production sport bike that they make, a Hayabusa, Oh! and then we went out and bought a 600. <laughs>
0: nice. So, yeah, so, so uh, let me get this straight. You didn't actually get on a bike until 2005? I was
2: 38. Yeah, I was 38 for the first time ever.
0: Holy Wow! Like I'm as
2: far as learning how to drive, I'd been on the back, but right, never right. learned how to drive.
0: Yeah, but going from learning how to drive to like drag racing, that's like that's a big step. That's a big jump. <laughs> that's just a little bit of a jump. Yeah. That's like saying I didn't pick up a football until I was you know twenty one, and here I am at twenty eight. I'm an NFL quarterback. I mean, that's kind of <laughs> it's kind of the same thing, right?
2: Yeah, I dove right into it. I couldn't wait for my husband and his friends. We went out on found an empty road, and I was like, let's go. We, You need to teach me how to what I need to do at the track, how to launch the whole nine
0: yards. Now, was was that the sole reason, because your family had the history of, of stock racing, was getting on that bike, that Hayabusa, was that the reason why you said, all right, I'm going to race two wheels as opposed to four?
2: No, I just always, uh, always had, a, I don't know, an affection, something that was always there that interested me um, whenever I would see, I mean, course now I'm showing my age but you know back in the day when you see a woman on a bike
1: you didn't see it very often and I was always like go girl yeah (laughs) and I always wanted to learn so how many years were you competing before you were diagnosed with breast cancer
2: um so I started what about 2006 and I was diagnosed in 2009
1: wow so not very long had you racked up several wins before you were diagnosed yeah
2: a, a few you know it's it's we I mean, like so many other people out there, it's not a, an a inexpensive hobby, sport, job, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. But um, you know, I joke around and say that it's po' folks racing. But <laughs> <laughs> we we, we buy however we could. You know, I got a couple of wins. You know, the local tracks, uh, fastest female. And,
1: you know, so I I did pretty well for for what we were working with. I I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I mean. From having no knowledge of drag racing other than, you know, what her dad did mm-hmm. to now getting on a bike for the first time, not riding as a kid, you know, just just, going out there and winning races. That's amazing.
0: That's got to be in the blood.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: People yeah. say that it's not hereditary, you know, that that uh, racing's not in the blood. But I'm telling you, if your dad family did it, you had it in your genes to do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: And you're listening to Behind the Wheel on RacingJunk.com. We're going to pause for a quick moment, take a break, and we'll be right back to talk with Leah Martinez. Attention racers, race fans, and gearheads. If you're looking to buy, sell, or trade the stuff that stokes your engine, then check out RacingJunk.com. RacingJunk.com is the world's number one online racing and performance classifieds where you'll find what you need to rock your ride. Check us out at racingjunk.com. Racing and performance classifieds built to go fast. Welcome back to Behind the Wheel on racingjunk.com. And now we got more with Leah Martinez.
1: You went out and, you know, won several races. Were you only running at your local tracks? Were you running, like, you know, any NHRA, anything like that? Or
2: I would, um, 90% of it was at local tracks. But, um, okay, so when I first started, like, my first big race ever was the last race that, uh, pro star was running. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, you know, smaller series. And that was, you know, I think that was November of 2006 was the last race that they had in Gainesville.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then it went to AMA drag bike. And again, whenever I could, um, get some sponsorship from local people or, you know, businesses, uh, mm-hmm. And help I would go to those races that they had in those series and then whatever whenever and whatever I could get to I would go
1: that's awesome after you were diagnosed with breast cancer how did everything change and how did you go from being you know a, a regular drag racer to now you know a, mo- a mother to fighting breast cancer and how did you go about becoming cancer free Okay.
2: Well, as far as the cancer goes, mm-hmm. I say that I'm
1: the poster child for early
2: detection. Um, yes. And whenever I speak to anybody about mammograms, I'm very adamant about them, a preventative, you know, healthcare care, because they say that 80% of breast cancer is curable if caught early enough.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, I had gone for my mammogram and something happened, like there were a couple of months in there where, or a month in there, where they had been trying to get a hold of me and they couldn't. And they wow. finally got a hold of me and had explained that they saw something and they wanted me to come back for another mammogram. And that's mm-hmm. kind of started the ball rolling. Okay. Um, it- I only had it in the left side. Um, it was uh, called ductal carcinoma, which is in your milk. buds. it ended up that it wasn't in my lymph nodes. So I didn't have to have chemo and I didn't have to have radiation because of the method of treatment that I chose. Mm -hmm. He gave me three different treatments that I could pick from. Mm -hmm. Um, And I chose the double mastectomy because they gave you, they gave me a 56% chance that I would get it or that I could get it back in that area or in the other breast. Mm -hmm. And Uh I didn't want like that percentage. When I took both of them, it dropped down to 5%. That's a huge thing. That That is. Yeah. Yeah. And so being that I chose a double mastectomy, I didn't, like I said, I didn't have to have chemo or radiation. I was lucky enough that it hadn't spread and it wasn't in my lymph nodes. So again, like I say, I I tell people, you know, get your mammogram, preventative care because like if I had skipped another year, I'd skipped the year before. Right. If I had skipped another year, my outcome could have been dramatically different.
1: Absolutely, and
0: you know, Leah. It's uh, you, I'm. I'm actually glad you mentioned that. Before you came on, we were talking about earlier.org, uh, which is you know just a tremendous organization, a great charity that promotes earlier detection. Um, hearing that and knowing now what you didn't know then, what was your mindset when you first found out, versus your mindset now? Um,
3: I, just
2: like I think, like anybody else, just when you hear c-word period I, I just was i ended up beside myself um I, you know uh, the unknown uh, because they have to they removed the breast or i guess because of the treatment that i chose and then mm-hmm. you have to wait a week or two for the results to come back to mm-hmm. see if it has spread and if so how they're gonna do the rest of your treatment from there as far as chemo or radiation and, and you just you there's just so many variables and so many ways and things that can happen that are going through your mind. It, it's crazy. I'd be at the track trying to keep myself busy and and making passes and stuff like that, and I'd be standing in the staging lanes and I would just break down crying.
1: Goodness, that's, wow, that's scary. Just it's very dramatic. Yeah, just because you're scared, is exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's not only scary; that's strong.
1: That's very strong.
0: She's still racing while this is going on.
1: Absolutely, and you know, you speaking of strong. Uh, the first thing I noticed about Leah uh, when I found her via social media is I loved your shirt, the F Cancer shirt. Tell me about that because uh, I yeah. I love it. That's like that seems to person personify her, and I just I love that. I want that shirt.
2: <laughs> it, it does. There's um, uh, my girlfriend Jen, who lives in Virginia. Gave me that shirt. She lost her mom to breast cancer, mm-hmm. and we had kind of a connection because the the group who who sponsored me by painting that paint job on my bike, mm-hmm. Cycles, they did a tribute like for her, her that she rides, mm-hmm. but it was a tribute to her mom as well. So we kind of have like a all connected there, and we've be, since become like a great big family. And he had found that shirt online. And he was like, I'm going to get you one." So I I got that
1: from her. That's awesome. I was actually, you mentioned Garwood Custom Cycles. I was excited to see that you have a connection to them. And the reason I say that is we are right here in the town, real close to Garwood. We're about about 25 minutes Mm -hmm. away from Garwood as we speak.
0: Yeah, they're in Lexington. Yeah, exactly.
1: And I had the opportunity to go to Garwood Custom Cycles almost a year ago and interview them. And their outfit out there is fantastic. It's crazy. They have some of the coolest yeah. motorcycles I have ever seen in my life. I got to talk to the entire staff. I got to talk to uh, Steve Garwood, who owns the place. I mean, it was just, it was incredible. I mean, I I myself do not ro- ride motorcycles unless I'm sitting on the back, but it made me <laughs> want to get on a bike and give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh,
2: they have one good. It's twenty nine. I think 25000 dollars. Yeah, I, I, oh my god, I love their bikes.
0: Absolutely. Get them to sponsor you.
1: Uh, well, you I know mean, what they did a little bit. Tell, t- tell exactly. Chris a little bit about how they did an upgrade to your bike. The Keep Fighting Testament. Yeah, they first he he contacted me first and told me he wanted to paint a helmet for me,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and I said okay. Um, I said let me see if uh I'll, I'll either purchase one uh, in a month or so. You know, uh, give me a month or so to to grab a, a new helmet. Or I will, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Or I'll give him one of my the ones I had.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So we were talking back
3: and forth,
2: and it somehow progressed into him just saying, hey, Listen, why don't you send me your plastics or pick out a design, and we're going to paint your whole bike for you in a breast cancer scene. And I, when I tell you I draw like a two year old, I drew, I, I couldn't think of any, I, I, Sent them something that was, like, one color on the bottom and one color on top, and it, like, faded into another color. Right. And then sent them all my stuff, and they thought of everything that's on that paint job, Mm -hmm. totally came back like that, like, unbeknownst to me. And when I read the part that's on my tail section, I, I cried because, like, they thought of that all by themselves. Like, I was just amazed.
1: So what is it, uh, sorry, because our uh, listeners might not get to actually see the tail section. I'm going to have some pictures up on your story, but tell us what the tail section says.
2: Yeah, no, I don't have it memorized, but it's like there's a little pink ribbon in between each word, and it says hope. Um, Another section says one in eight, keep fighting. Uh, uh, I want to, did it say determination? I'm going to see if I can... My husband's running to get this <laughs> phone. Yeah, it's it's a bunch of sayings like that, and uh, like keep fighting. It, it was just amazing. I that, I just couldn't believe that they, not that they could do that because they're mm-hmm. extremely talented, but mm-hmm. just like it blew me away.
0: So, so Leah, with with something like that happening, with continuing to race, with finding out that you know, had you gone mm-hmm. later that you know the outcome could have been dramatically different mm-hmm. did this change the way you did the racing did this change your theory or did all of this help fuel your own nonprofit foundation that you started
3: um
2: a, a little bit of a little bit of everything i mean I, I like you said i kept moving forward with the racing and one of my family members said to me oh you're going to keep racing after you've been through something like that mm-hmm. and i i just Absolutely. said yeah if, if, well yeah I <laughs> die from breast cancer i'm not going to stop doing what I love to do. It makes me happy. And God forbid something was to happen to me on the track, you knowing that I went with a smile
1: on my face. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the one thing that I like to hear from anybody who goes through something like this, a battle like yours, is, you know, it's when you stop letting it live your life, you know, letting it rule your life and, and determine how you're going to go forward, whether you're just going to stop doing everything you enjoy and just focus on that, or instead continue focusing on what you love and just trust that you're going to be healed and that, you know, God and the doctors and everybody, they're going to take care of you. So, I mean, I love that. Yeah. And the fact that you even went a step further, you not only kept racing, but decided to use your drag racing as a positive influence to those that are fighting this battle is a huge uh, deal. So, I mean, tell us about your nonprofit and how that's kind of intertwined with your racing.
2: Um Yeah. Well, basically I started with like little local events, like with the people that uh, a lot of the motorcycle um, family down in Florida, I used to live in Tampa would have a yearly breast cancer ride and they started, um, you know, one of the rides they donated to um, my cause. And I I had started out with doing nonprofit for myself. It is very hard and um, takes more than one person to do. So I've, uh, teamed up with um, Bikers Against Breast Cancer. Okay, cool. So I still take donations and I still do everything, but I work together with them.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, I do that because, which is what I was doing, which fueled me is because, again, you know, we we're modest income family and right. uh, a lot of people out there are. And even when you have health insurance, a lot of stuff is still too it's expensive. Not covered. Yeah. They and myself, we got together, and they were already established. But they're doing what I wanted to do already, so that's why it was like a perfect marriage. And um, they give three hundred dollar mini grants to cancer patients. Doesn't matter what type of cancer you have, men, women, children, because men can, of course, get breast cancer Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Nope. It doesn't yes. matter. It doesn't matter what type of cancer the person has. Um, through a process where they fill out an application and um you know the doctors have to fill out part of the forms make sure because unfortunately there's a lot of shady people out there
3: mm-hmm.
2: um so they have to make sure it's legit but they give you a 300 mini grant to help either groceries or your medication whatever you might need it for the most at that time and not that i wouldn't want to help the big companies but they do well enough on their own right and it's when you're going through that and you don't have money to pay your bills or don't have an income coming in that those people are the ones that
1: need it, I feel, the most. So I like doing that. That's what fuels me. That's wonderful. And it's wonderful that you do that because I've known at least five people uh, you know, that have fought this, and I know of two families that had to get help similar to that. And two of them, was, one was to pay for medication, one was to pay for their electric bill. That was literally getting cut off after the third notice. But the husband was putting every bit of money he could into not only feeding their three children, but also making sure that his wife, who was going through stage four breast cancer, had the medication she needed to be able to just walk around because at that point they were just keeping her comfortable. Right. So it's wonderful that you're so supportive of stuff like that. So, you know, as a breast cancer survivor, what is your best piece of advice for those who are battling this disease?
2: But for me and and i think uh i just feel like it helps anybody uh it, whether you're religious or go to church or not or i just am. it doesn't have to be going to a church it can just the keeping positive people around you um when i walked i my husband's parents are pastors as well so mm-hmm. that was a big you know part of our life that's wonderful so we were in church a lot but just going into church one day and Having somebody or even in your house or, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be prayer, so to speak, but someone putting their hands on you and and saying whatever type of little prayer you you might be for you individually. Uh, that, that just, it helps you. It keeps you strong. It keeps you positive. It keeps you moving forward. So I think that that, to me, helps. That's the the, the best thing that I can tell people to do is keeping people around you to keep your spirits up.
1: That, and that's
0: great advice. And earlier detection.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. But I mean, detection. if you already know you have it, what, you know, what is that one thing that keeps you going because there's people that I've known in the past that if they're diagnosed with something or I, I have a friend that went through a car accident, now she's disabled and she kind of feels like her life's over. I mean, but you know, if you have that positive thinking and know that, you know, you can this is a new chapter in your life and actually you can use it to do something positive. Why not have that mindset? Because it definitely seems to really do well for people. Right,
2: right. Get, getting out there—it doesn't even have to like—it doesn't have to be drag racing. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, just getting out of the house and doing things and being productive and having people help keep your spirits up just keeps
0: you moving forward. Leah, you have such a tremendous story Absolutely. and such a tremendous motivating spirit about you. Yes. Where can where can we find more information about you about the Leah Martinez Foundation? And then, where's Leah Martinez going to be next?
2: um well i recently had a little little minor surgery um so I'm, I'm off my bike for a couple of weeks but um i will be with my husband actually works now at uh tech at one of the series uh that we are racing the one again it used to be pro star switched to ama drag bike and now it is called the manufacturer's cup okay their next race is going to be in Valdosta the weekend of november 17th i'm going to be there of course just spectating right with my visiting my race family right but um i will then probably it's going to be just a little test in tune because we put a uh, a new standalone unit um that we got from schnitz racing and we're dialing it in because um, i run a little class racing and i do a little rudge racing on the side with some nitrous here and there that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> So we're getting that all dialed in, and then we'll be ready. So I just figure this is giving me the, the time to get the bike dialed in and get ready for, for next year. So whenever the schedules come out, most likely the first big race for the Man Cup is usually in April, and that the, their first and last race is at both in Valdosta. So that will be in Valdosta will be the first race of next year. Nice.
1: Awesome. Well, I can't wait to see you race. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Chris, I mean, you hear about all these walks and these runs and mm-hmm. all these kinds of things for breast cancer. Wouldn't it be cool to have like an all female like just ride, like you know, you see you drag see race. Like, well, maybe a drag race, but it would yes. be cool just to see a bunch of motorcycles, a bunch of chicks on it. Pink, you know, yeah, all pink, rock and pink. Be, yep. That would be awesome. No, well, well, we do we do, do something like that. In the last three or four years, it's been held
2: in um, Maryland, so it's a little rough because I not only have to raise sponsorship to get myself there but we also raise money for bikers against foundation um but we do that in there's another drag racing uh series called idbl international drag bike league Mm -hmm. and that race is in july usually like the week third week of july sometime Mm -hmm. and uh it's all females it's a race within the the series oh that is awesome usually yeah, it's all
1: females, and we raise – all the money we raise is for Bikers Against Breast Cancer. And, again, it's just women. Now, how can someone find out about more about that kind of event or support that kind of event?
2: Um, they could get in touch with me. There's multiple girls. Crystal Dickerson Jackson is another racer, and she's big into that event. Mm-hmm. Um, or they can contact uh, Jack Corpella. He's in charge of the IDBL drag series right now. Mm-hmm. Um, or they could talk to anybody from Bikers Against Breast Cancer. As long as they start talking about the females that race in July uh, um, for breast cancer, uh, most of the people in the motorcycle family will know what's, what that's about.
0: Leah, do you have social media? Do you have Facebook or website?
2: I do. I have um, my Facebook is under Leah Martinez or the original Dreamcatcher. Um, I have a... Instagram, which is the original Dreamcatcher as well.
0: Nice.
2: Of, um, I believe it's Leah Martinez. Good night. I forgot my web address. Isn't
0: that terrible? <laughs> That's okay. Just look
1: up Leah well, Martinez or Liam Leah Martinez, Martinez, Martinez Foundation. Yes. Google <laughs> yeah, exactly. is
0: our friend.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's a terrible and, thing when you get old. <laughs> no, it's fine. Now, you bring up Dreamcatcher. That was one thing I kind of wanted to ask her, too. Tell me how you got the nickname Dreamcatcher.
2: Um, I, I I was very into all the like Southwestern stuff and, Mm -hmm. and those designs. And I just felt like it it was a fit for me because I was trying to achieve my dream of becoming a a drag racer. I mean, ultimately, yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm a little pressed for time because of my age, but would, uh, I would love to have somebody put me on a postdoc bike one day. I feel like I could do it and do it well, but. I also enjoy what I'm doing now. So either or, as long as I'm drag racing, I'm happy.
1: Hey, I talked to a guy the other day who talked about pro stock. I talked to the guy, the guy who is currently leading the NHRA Pro Stock points right now. And I mean, you know, he's he's up there in age, and he has no intention of stopping anytime soon. So you got a long way to go, girl. There you go. <laughs> so, hey, you're the dream catcher. You've already beat breast cancer. You can do anything.
0: That's right.
2: Right, and that's it. You know, the dream catcher. I'm I'm catching, trying to catch my dreams. And
1: you're doing a great job doing it,
0: Leah. We are Thank so honored you. to have you on Behind the Wheel. Thank you so much for joining us, and wish you the best of luck and the best of health in the years to come. And please stay in touch. We look forward to hearing more about the wins.
1: I will. Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: What a great, inspiring oh, story.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I, I just, I recently um, found out about Leah Martinez doing a little research on you know those who are fighting breast cancer, and of course, uh, you know. We have a lot of drag racing fans here on our website, and we appreciate each and every one of you. And, you know, it's it's such an interesting sport because there's so many variables. It's not just cars. It's not just bikes. It's, it's everything. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, you could drag race just about anything these days, especially at a local track. Go-karts. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I've seen
0: those go-karts hey, with the big, giant, fat drag wheels on the back.
1: Hey, our buddy Shane builds drag racing four-wheelers. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I've I got to give you one of those. They're amazing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but I got to tell you with with breast cancer awareness month going on right now, if you have not had a mammogram, it's time. I mean, that right there if if that wasn't a wake-up call to go get it done. Absolutely. Leah Martinez, mm-hmm. I, go get it done.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if you feel like you're too young to get a mammogram, don't forget your self-checks. I mean, I yep. personally my friend that was recently diagnosed did a self-check and one week she was fine and the next week she wasn't. So continue your self-checks because you, you never
0: know. And if you need information on how to, the proper way, you can find it either online or, of course, at earlier.org as well. Absolutely. So thanks for listening this week to Behind the Wheel on RacingJunk.com. We also want to thank our very inspiring guest, Leah Martinez, for taking the time out to share her inspiring story. We wish her the best, both in health and luck. Looking forward to seeing you what she does in the future
1: oh absolutely i think we definitely have to keep up with her
0: yes we will but each and every month we're going to introduce you to another part of racing which is the sport that we love here at behind the wheel on racingjunk.com and next week don't wear your silly freaking patriots (laughs) fingernails
1: (laughs) oh his feelings are hurt it'll be all right Ah,
0: little butt hurt (laughs) all right from the behind the wheel crew that's is Ellen Richardson. I am Chris Tater-Young. Thank you so much for checking out Behind the Wheel here on RacingJunk.com.